but they wanted to def- they wanted my opinion on throuples that is wild like out of interest what is your opinion because i i saw it and i was like that can't be true like surely not but like and who knows it may or may not be true you know what i mean but like what is your opinion on it like is it a thing like is it yeah like surely two people in a relationship is enough it's like it's hard enough to, to that's my husband my husband would say my husband would say really i'm not two women good gracious me but it works for tons of people works for tons of people and let's face it like when you're in a relationship with one person you have a 50 50 chance so you know yeah the statistics aren't great okay fair it's actually geez i'm blown away by that now that's that what a great time to get you on <laughs> so they just wanted so i just really talked about the same we need the same thing we need in all relationships we need communication we need respect we need kindness and when there's two people in it you need more communication more respect more kindness um all that sort of thing yeah yeah i can imagine totally well do you want to kind of kick it off tell us a bit about yourself your story what it is you do not even essentially <coughs> just in terms of the relationship coaching but everything in general because i know it was i think it was yesterday i was actually listening to the um, podcast Sinead Hegarty did with Brezzy and he was speaking about that about how we kind of like attach ourselves to certain things like our jobs and like what it is we so we deem them to be entirely who we are when really it's a bit of everything so yeah yeah <laughs> no problem um when so I'll start with when I started this um I started the business right before COVID so in January 2020 and I started it because my big girls, I knew they'd be going to uni. So I would only have our son left back at home. And I just didn't want to be one of those mums who, you know, had to go over it. Anyway, one of those mums, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure people understand. So I need, I knew I needed something for me. So I had trained as a life coach prior to that. And um, I just thought that people need education around how to do relationships well, because we had benefited so much from it. Um, so I started the wee business in January 2020, and I was just doing little uh, uh, talks and things in our local community centre. And then, obviously, March 2020 came, and we were all locked down. So I decided that night, because I'm a life coach, I knew I needed purpose every day to get myself up out of bed and put makeup on and try to do something with my hair. So I got on Instagram and told Instagram, I had 500 followers at that stage, I told Instagram that I would be on every single morning at 10 o'clock for the next two weeks, giving out tips and tools for healthy relationships, for our own mental health during this very difficult time. Seven people watched the first day and then it just started growing and growing. And then these blue squares started coming on my phone on Instagram and said the word follower in them. So I didn't really know what that was. So I had to take my phone to my teenagers and be like, um, something's happening here. These blue squares appear. And then this number over here goes up. They're like, Mommy, people are following you. People are really starting to follow you now. And I was like, oh, very exciting. And then they said to me, someone must be shouting you out. And I was like, okay, well, if I knew what that meant, wouldn't that be just great? <laughs> Sorry about this cough. Um, so they were like, bring the phone to us immediately next time it happens. So it was Sinead Haig and another lovely girl called Louise McDonald, LMD. And they were just mentioning me on their stories saying, this woman is talking some sense. We um, you know, need, need the tips and tools to get through this difficult time. And then they came on a live with me and I went on a live with them. And then she had me on her podcast and dinner. 
that's that's how the universe works it's exciting yeah no and it's so true what you say because Sinead Hegarty has herself emphasized a lot of that is the importance of relationships and stuff and even I know it myself in terms of like you know obviously the people we interact with day to day not even just on a relationship level but a friendship level are just so important to our lives and like we can just be so quick to kind of give our time to everyone but so many aren't as quick to give it back and I just think Mm -hmm. There's a lot to it, like you said, it's all about communication, respect, and like when you kind of go into the depths of it, you realize maybe once you kind of start learning about it, why things haven't been working all along. And it does, mm-hmm. it's like you say, it makes a lot of sense. And there's a lot of people though who are lost when it comes to these things. Mm-hmm. And including myself, I definitely cannot say I know all there is to know or ever will. But like that, it's like conversations like this that kind of just make the difference, I suppose, and like help people become educated so that they can kind of better try within their relationships and their friendships and stuff, which is so important, I think, to our overall happiness. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. So what kind of sparked your interest then in becoming a relationship coach? Like, why did you decide, okay, I think this is the career path for me, especially after being in a, um, you had said, had you mentioned you were a life coach prior to that? No, it was all a bit of a perfect storm. Okay. So about seven years ago, um, my husband and I have a business together, a different business, um, and the business was going through some changes and it was just going through a really stressful time. Our kids were all teenagers. It was just, it was, it was just a lot. Um, my mom had passed away. My dad was down living, living with us. It was just a really stressful time. We loved each other dearly, but we just were a little bit uh, just arguing about the same thing over and over again. Silly things were just coming up that would never have come up for us in the past. I had been to therapy after my my mom had passed, so I knew the benefits of it. Um, So one day I just said to him, that's it. We're going to talk to somebody. There's clearly things here that we are arguing about that there's no need to. There's just, there's stuff that we need to learn. So that was seven years ago. So that was pretty, like therapy and things have become much more acceptable and cooler now in the last sort of years. But this was seven years ago. This would have been when, whenever you would have, if you hadn't mentioned that you were going to therapy to another couple, I mean, you would have been thought you were on divorce door, you know? So anyway, we didn't tell anybody. We loved each other dearly. We just knew there was just tips and tools that we needed. So we didn't tell anybody. Um, and we went, we went three times and she was just great. She was just brilliant. And she told us about love languages and attachment styles and argument styles. I was, um, my argument style was huffing, you know, like stonewalling. I was a professional huffer. I could have done three, four days easy. And she identified what my partner's argument style was. And once we knew that we were like, oh, wow. And we'd been together 25 years at that stage. Yeah, so I've been huffing, like maybe only <laughs> once or twice a year, but that was my go-to. Um, so the day she told me I couldn't huff, I actually huffed with her for a little while. <laughs> so anyway, so that was the start. So then I just kept saying, everyone needs to know this stuff. Everyone needs to know this stuff. And then an opportunity, an opportunity came up for me to do my life coaching course, the life coaching course. And it was just all so um, intertwined, you know, it was just all so intertwined that I was like, okay, everybody needs to know these tips and tools because the life coaching tips and tools help us so much individually within our relationships. Um, And then putting in the stuff that I'd learned about relationships and all the books I was reading at that stage and the podcasts and take and gleaning from my own relationship, obviously, I just decided that 
I was going to do this. No, it's amazing. And it's so true what you say, kind of that stigma that existed around like counseling itself, but equally like within relationships, I can imagine how hard it was to kind of take that step, like, and just come to the realization, okay, like we'll still do everything we can to make it work. It's not the idea of like, oh, this is the end. And this is kind of how we're going to finish the marriage or the relationship or whatever it is, you know, like you can look for help without you know, it being detrimental, I suppose, to yeah. you, because even in terms of counseling, they always speak about that, like the proactiveness mm-hmm. of it and how, like, if you take the steps before you even need them, mm-hmm. like how it'll benefit you in the long run. So it's just kind of taking that approach, I suppose, when it comes to relationships, if you feel like you're struggling somewhat, you know, like you said, if you've been in a marriage that length of time, of course, like things are going to pop up and things are going to happen. It's inevitable, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I actually had never heard that point as well. You made before about argument styles. Like I know I had heard about love languages before, but I had actually never heard about the different styles when it comes to arguing like do you have kind of an insight into that I suppose that might be of use to people to identify within their own lives <laughs> yeah it's another it's, all these tests are free online you just go online and just put in argument style test and um, there's just in America and Canada there's there's schools who just spend time doing this sort of thing so yeah. the three tests I'd always suggest is your love language your attachment style and I mean, you can read the book attached, but just doing your attachment style test is probably good enough. Um, so love language test, attachment style test, and your argument style test. Do the three tests. Learn about yourself. If you're with someone, have them do theirs. Learn about them. Yeah. So then when we get into conflict or we get into stressful times, we know this about ourselves, first of all, and we know it about our person. Yeah. And then just in terms of like an attachment style, like what is that? I suppose because like the love language is fairly self-explanatory and so is like the argument style, you know, you kind of hear it in the name, but in terms of attachment style, like what is that to people? So the gentleman wrote the book, it's called Attached, and um, he's identified that there are three, he believes there are three uh, attachment styles, secure, anxious and avoidant. So we go around our lives being pretty secure, I hope, and that's the internal work and that's what we go to therapy for and that's what we read all the self-help books for. We go around and we are um, secure people. We love and accept ourselves. We go on that self-love journey. We go on that self-acceptance journey. We recognize our enoughness, all that sort of thing without having someone else have to tell us we're enough that we know we are enough just the way we are. Yeah, we all need to grow and develop and uh, become wiser over time, but that we are enough just the way we are. Just like when a baby comes into the world, they are enough just the way they are. So we go on that self journey, that's the self awareness journey. So we are very secure. Okay. And then what happens is when we get into conflict with our significant other, we almost default <laughs> to either anxious or avoidant. And in my experience of coaching couples now for three years, uh, Anxious and avoidant seem to attract each other like a moth to a flame. Because it gives the anxious something to be anxious about when their person is avoidant. So their person might say, don't want to talk about it anymore. That's it. It's done. Don't want to talk about it anymore. And the anxious is like, okay, I need to talk about this. And the more they say they won't talk about it, the more I'm going to need to talk about it. And it just goes round and round and round. So it's about identifying that in your relationship and saying, I'm getting really anxious right now. I really need us to talk about this for another 10 minutes. The person saying, I want to avoid this whole subject because it just feels so icky to me. Um, and then saying, but I'm go- I'm willing to give you 10 minutes. And then can we please put it to bed? 
Okay, cool. No, that's so interesting. It's so true what you say, like how, like how even knowing that can make the world of a difference in your life for yourself. Cause it particularly like if you're the anxious person, like I can imagine uh, like how overwhelming it can get when you're in a relationship and you're, de- you're dealing with that kind of a situation and to be able to recognize that. And then like, like you said, communicate it in like an appropriate manner. Like it's like that. And I think that was the biggest realization to me that like every argument doesn't need to be this like, big drama or like you know what I mean like we can actually just talk to one another and say how we <coughs> feel and listen you know um, mm-hmm. so like like I said it's those little tips that make the world of a difference but I feel like you've touched on it there slightly as well it's kind of and it was actually a question I kind of had for you it was in terms of like how important is I suppose the personal development side of things when it comes to your relationship because I think it's such an important point that like when people get into relationships or like start kind of going out or whatever with others that like it can happen at such a young age that you actually don't have the time to like personally develop Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and that's what I've even found myself in terms of like let's say I'm with someone now and I've been with them like four or five years so like the person I was back then versus now is so different you know Mm -hmm. yeah 100% I mean the core of who you are is going to always be the same the core of who you are is always going to be the same um you know I'm an extrovert I'm uh very talkative person i all those all those things are going to be the core of who you are is who you are but yeah you absolutely grow and develop through your relationship and it's about supporting each other through that it's about recognizing things within yourself but the self journey is probably i'm going to say the most important we grew up um, and it was very much, you know, your person had to complete you. So you were a half and they were your other half. So I have to absolutely get away from that. I have to remember that we are a whole person and we choose to journey this life with another whole person and build a relationship. So two whole people building a relationship. I talk about the relationship like its own living, breathing thing. So we fill our own cups. So we fill our personal cup. When are we the best version of ourselves? We're the best version of ourselves. When we, when our cup is full, then we have two people who know how to fill their own cup and then we fill the relationship cup. Yeah. Perfect. Very hard to fill the relationship cup if your mental health is sitting at a three yeah. out of 10. Yeah. We'll have to do that internal. Now our partner absolutely can emotionally support us, check in with us, uh, all those things, but emotional support and codependency are two totally different things. Yeah. And just when you speak there about like filling the relationship cup, like what does that involve out of interest? Like, you know what I mean? In your eyes, what would that kind of process involve? That brings us back to the love languages. So time, touch, words of affirmation, acts of service and gifts. So figuring out what each other's love language is. So say my love language is, say my love language was time. And I was not receiving that time from my partner. I would start to feel lonely, start to feel, does he really want to be with me? But expressing to my partner, my love language is time. And I've only seen you once this week. So I don't feel very loved. Is a totally different thing than saying you don't pay me enough attention. Yeah, totally. That's it. It's that communication thing again. <laughs> yeah. If I could take the word you out of every couple's vocabulary, I would be a millionaire. Um, replacing the word with I feel instead of you is golden. Yeah. So it's how do we feel loved? And it's about expressing that 
So if our person's love language is time, it's about saying, okay, the person I'm with love language is time. So I need to make sure I give them time. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, no, it's such great insight and advice because like you said, there's a few books out there and that's what I found was how I started to learn about those kind of things as well. It was just kind of reading up, but I know reading isn't for everyone. So equally like podcasts and stuff like that can be great, but learning those simple tips of like long love languages and stuff like, because it's, I suppose, like you said, it, it's not language we'd have been exposed to before. It's not a form of education we'd have received previously. So like that's where people are struggling. It's not that it's it's not the two people within the relationship that are the issue it's you know how how well educated they are in terms of communication and different things like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's all the journey of educating ourselves about ourselves which again we're not taught to do you know finding out who you actually are you know we're not taught to do that yeah so and my i always say i'm sure you've heard me say this 50 times bring me something that we get no education on you get education and information on everything. Ikea furniture, you can practically get an encyclopedia. You do not open, and I just bought a cookbook yesterday. Three pages of instruction before the whole, before you even start to cook, you know? Rightly so, but when it comes to relationships, we don't get any education. And what we tend to do as humans and as human nature, we just repeat and repeat and repeat what we saw growing up or what we've done in other relationships. Totally. And then in terms of the work you do, like, do you work (coughs) with relationships or do you simply just kind of like read up and stuff and give your advice? Like, you know what I mean? Do you have clients? I suppose is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So I coach one-to-ones. I coach people who um, like sometimes people will come to me and they'll say, Lisa, I want to book a session and I want you to teach me what the red flags are. And I say, that's not my job. Come to me. Let's get a few sessions in. My job is to empower you to know what the red flags are for you. That's my job. Yeah. And then I coach couples. Coaching couples is my absolute favorite thing to do in the whole world. Um, I love coaching couples. I last Thursday I had five couples calls back to back, back to back, back to back. Stop. I was exhausted, but um, I absolutely loved it. It's my favorite thing to do. And it's and it's couples come to me who maybe have two little babies and just know that they're just not where they were and they're just looking for the tips and tools. They're maybe looking for some tips and tools around how to have healthy conflict um, so they can get through conflict quicker because they frankly don't have time because they have two little babies around. I have couples who come to me who are coming to retirement and want to make sure that they have all the information because they're going to be retired now and life's going to change. I have couples who come to me who don't have kids, who maybe been together 14 years and just want the refresh things. And I talk about sex and intimacy and connection and fun and dates and how to fill the relationship cup. Yeah. Brilliant. And then just in terms of like you had mentioned their kind of conflict with couples and like, you know, I suppose some a lot of people can definitely relate to this at some point within their relationship where they experience conflict. And sometimes we don't even know why we're arguing with someone. It's just constant arguments. And like I you'd used a word there, it was quite good, but I actually can't remember what it was. It was like, um, what was it now? It was like something in relation to conflict anyway, and it was like it healthy was conflict healthy conflict so yeah if we run with that like what is healthy conflict and like what does that look like I suppose for people in a relationship well for me healthy conflict is being able to keep the lines of communication open even though you are um maybe disagreeing about something keeping those healthy lines of communication open not losing our temper 
not huffing, not being avoidant, actually giving each other a safe place where we can express nicely and respectfully and with kindness our feelings around a subject, healthy conflict. I'll give you an example. Somewhere in the middle of COVID, you know, when you could have one person in the house and something, my teenagers, one of their friends was over and my husband and I were talking about something. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, that's not what happened. You know, just simple one like that. And this teenager said to my teenagers, okay, let's go. Come on, let's, let's, let's hit the road here. Uh, this is going to go. And my big girl said, oh, no, no, no. Where do you see this? It's so boring now. <laughs> There's none of that anymore. <laughs> none of that anymore. It's just so boring now. You know, and here's the other thing too. We don't always have to agree. I can have my opinion and be absolutely right in that moment. And my significant other can have their opinion and be absolutely right in that moment. It's okay. It's okay. We don't have to compromise our passions and our feelings. I said to my husband one day, we, we were driving, I was doing an event and he was driving me there. And I was like, would you not actually like to be standing up doing the talk? And he said, I would rather put a needle in my eyeball than do that. He said, I will drive you across the countryside. And I was like, really? Would you? He's like, Lisa, no, I would not want to be doing this. He is not me. I yeah. am not him. You know, we're allowed to have different ideas different opinions. As simple as two people could watch a movie. One could say, I hated that. Other would be like, oh, I loved it. That doesn't make him wrong and you right. It's just totally. make her wrong and you right. It's just different opinion. There's no need for an argument about that. Just the facts. It's a great point that you can just kind of agree to disagree because I think far too often we can think like that can be the root cause of a lot of arguments is you feel like someone has to be right and it's like, no, well, this is my point and it's just this never-ending thing and like, you know, we... A wee term that I use is, are you fighting to be right? What we need to be doing is just fighting to be heard. Yeah. Just want to be heard. We don't have to be right, you know? Because here's the thing. I might actually believe something today and change my mind in two weeks. And I've had a three-day argument with my significant other about something I end up changing my mind about. <laughs> What's the point in that? <laughs> and then just in terms of, like, I suppose, a healthier, like, you know, I know a relationship is different to everyone and everyone's unique in what kind of a healthy and thriving relationship is for them. But just in general, like kind of the basics, like what are good foundations to have within a relationship for people? Well, I always say love, respect and kindness. Kindness, I have to say, is totally underrated. <laughs> just being kind, you know, dropping that wee text, checking in with your person, speaking to your person with kindness and love and connection, you know kindness is just, you know, I think it's underrated, you know, love, respect, and kindness. And the advice I give out is for people who are in loving, respectful, kind relationships. Very good. Yeah, yeah no, it's true. And just kind of, <clears throat> I think, like you said, the basics are so important, like, you know, and it's, it's the foundation we've always been taught, even as kids, like when it comes to your friendships alone, just in terms of having that respect for people. And mm -hmm. like you said, kindness and willingness to listen and just to sit down with others and kind of we can lose that along the way sometimes. But it's very important to kind of bring yourself back again. Um, 
and then just like I suppose as you work with other people um and like I've said this before but we're all quite common and as much knowledge we can think we're quite individual and different we can be to an extent but like you know a lot of our tendencies kind of I suppose can be quite similar so what do you see as some of the biggest issues for people who come to you or like look for help two biggest issues that I deal with are lack of connection and sex and then the lack of ability to be able to do healthy conflict and the two go hand in hand because if we can't do healthy conflict and we can't keep that connection then our sex and intimacy dies away lots lots of people come to me thinking saying things like if we could just get the relationship back on track then the sex and intimacy would happen and usually then the other one says if we could get the sex and intimacy back on then the relationship would happen <laughs> it's somewhere in the middle it's somewhere it's learning how to do relationship well and feeling safe and connected and then bringing in the sex and the intimacy and getting that built back up again because sex and intimacy they're the glue. They're the they're meant to be there for long-term relationships. Yes, there are people who are in sexless marriages and that's grand, but it's like 2% or something. You know, 98% of couples need to keep that spark alive, need to keep that connection alive. Otherwise, you turn into roommates. <laughs> totally. And then like, how can people... I suppose for people who feel they've neglected their relationships because like you know it can be so easy like life gets so busy and I can only imagine like I'm at an age now where I don't have children or anything um I work in that but like I don't have as many responsibilities so I can imagine as you get older we always say it like particularly now because we've started as working professionals we're like how do people have time for anything else like it's so busy so like how can people work in their relationships and make time for it and like do things like you know yeah I mean it's getting that work life balance is very very important and I think people learned a lot of lessons over the last two and a half years and now maybe I've just gone back to working these 60 hours a week and things like that and you're right I've, I coach couples sometimes and I'm like how many hours do you work and how and work and then maybe you put children into that if anything is going to grow and develop it needs time it needs to be nurtured so we have to put that into our life yeah there are obviously there are times when things are very stressful or works very stressful and relationships can survive for a few weeks possibly even a few months without attention but I would really want to keep an eye on that I really want to keep an eye on that just making sure you're nurturing and um, developing your relationship encouraging it to grow keeping that connection very very important and kind of would that would that involve, I suppose, mostly like time It's just spending time with one another, doing things like, you know, getting out, I suppose, depending on what likes and interests different people have, things like what, that. Whatever fills your relationship cup. Yeah, very good. And then just in terms of like people who might be struggling, I suppose, a small bit and may find like they're at a bit of a loss, like what kind of advice do you give to people, I suppose, to kind of help them start off and initiate that process? Mm -hmm. Saying things to your partner like, I really cherish this relationship. What can we do to develop it? I really want this to work. I love you. And I really want this to be even more healthy. Yeah. So we identify it's an I and we identify the issue. It's nothing to do with you don't pay me enough attention. You don't care about this relationship. You don't. Okay. We, I feel, and then identify the problem. What can we do about that? Yeah. I heard this mad woman on a podcast. I think we should book a session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Definitely, yeah. And then, like, I know because there's a lot of people, I suppose, and this is what kind of different people I've spoken with and stuff and experiences they've had, like, you know, when it comes to our relationship, it could be very hard to know, like, when is enough enough? And then when mm -hmm. is, like, you know, it time to keep trying and putting an effort and, like, you will get there. So how do people kind of, I suppose, make that distinguish distinguishing difference within their relationship, you know? I always say, make sure you try everything. So that is reading the books, coming for coaching, seeing a therapist, make sure you do everything because if your relationship does end, so relationships don't fail, in my opinion, they end. So if your relationship does end, you know, you can look back in six months and say, I did everything I could. I know I did everything I could. Um, and relationships sometimes do end. They run their course and they do end. They don't fail. They end. I think the data tells us that this, I think we we have between three and five significant relationships in our lifetime. You know, that's sort of the average now, you know, so this is normal. We have to start normalizing. Take away the shame and guilt. Sometimes relationships end. No, they don't fail. Um, if you have a 20 year relationship, isn't that wonderful? Make sure you do everything you can. Make sure you get all the education that you can. So you can walk away knowing that you've done everything. And then get education around how to actually do this well, how to separate well, especially if there's kids involved. Totally. Yeah, that's great advice because, like you said, there's just not enough out there in terms of that. And I just think like people can struggle, you know, when it comes to making that decision. And some people make it too quick, whereas then others don't make it quick enough, if that makes mm -hmm. sense, you know, because yeah. I suppose like boundaries are quite important, I suppose, when it comes to a relationship and just in terms of like what you're comfortable and what the other person's comfortable with so do you want to just talk a little bit about that maybe and just give a bit of insight into like what you've seen as healthy boundaries and relationships with people mm -hmm. well it's communication it's communication somebody might look at your relationship and be like ah, that's not for me so they might look at my relationship and say that's not for me it's about what's right for you too it's like what's right um my husband and i our love language our primary love language is time so we like to spend a lot of time together but i know that's not that's not for everybody that's not for everybody you know um, it's about deciding between the two of you. I've uh, heard couples even have arguments that I would be like, oh, I don't know about that, but, but it works for them. It's, it's just they get everything out in the open in 10 minutes. It's over, it's done, and they move on. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's what is right for you. If there's a line where you ever feel disrespected, taken for granted, that's when we have to start saying, mm, what's happening here? Is this a toxic cycle? Am I with, am I with a gaslighter? all that sort of thing but that's all on the toxic side yeah gaslighting especially if our own um especially if i'm dealing with people who maybe aren't the most secure gaslighting can creep in from someone else very very sometimes too easily so we and, need to be uh, out of interest then in terms of gaslighting because you know and a lot of people have spoken out about this in social media that it's just thrown around too often like it's just this term that's kind of people use to maybe even throw throw a few insults at someone and <laughs> you know so like just to kind of give someone i suppose a practical example because they're always what helped me best in terms of learning like practically what does that look like in a situation so words like um <clears throat> you tried that before and it didn't work i don't think you'd be any good at that um, I don't want you controlling uh, things that would be controlling things that make you feel less than. I did a podcast with a lady from Women's Aid, and she was saying that there are people who come to Women's Aid who have the most professional jobs, 
But when they go home to their own houses, they're scared to put the kettle on in case they do it wrong. They're scared to uh, buy a loaf of bread at the shop in case it's the wrong loaf of bread. So gaslighting is that constant undermining, that constant undermining that wears away at you and makes you start doubting yourself constantly. That's the best example I can give of gaslighting. No, it's a great example. And it's so true it, i love that line you put in at the end just where like it kind of makes you start to doubt yourself because i think and it's very yeah. true like a lot of us can have a, like i think you know what the, mo- the most of us have insecurity in some shape or form so like that you know it can be very hard to recognize when you're in the situation or equally it can be very easy to get yourself into that situation and be like how am i here all of a sudden you know what i mean and that's what that's how the name came about because it's a movie where yeah. it's, it's it was a movie in 40s i think that he had to convince her that she was insane because if she was had to go into an insane asylum, which they call them in those days, um, he would get her money. Okay. So he that's what he did. He like he just convinced her that she was losing her mind. That's how that's where the term comes from. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And then have you host like a a variety of workshops and stuff and you do different things in that area. So -hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about that, I suppose, because that'd be quite interesting, I suppose, for people who might feel like they need the kind of the one to one sessions, but just want to learn a bit more, educate themselves a bit. Yeah. So the first thing I have is my ebook. <laughs> so my ebook is like five pounds or something. So the first thing is the ebook. Then I have my little um, subscri- subscription group that's a little private um, subscription group you can come to and I talk about relationship stuff I talk about uh, life coaching stuff and you can also ask me questions on there where I don't really answer questions on DMs people will send me things like oh I like that but I can't get into relationship questions on DMs yeah. yeah and then at this minute in time I am actually developing all those webinars that I did during lockdown and did one there just in September time Um, all those webinars that I did I'm actually developing those with a company at the minute to make them an online course Okay. So you'll be able to buy them on the website. <laughs> so it'll be something like, sorry about this cough. I've had it all Not Christmas. All. It meant like, that um, was me as well the week after Christmas. I was just like, oh. and I was recording one or two podcasts and I'd be like, put myself on mute, taking myself oh. off. It was just wearing. <laughs> so I'm going to release those as like little even mini courses or you'll be able to buy the whole thing. So it'll be a video on love languages, a video on attachment styles, a video on. So that's coming very, very soon. That's coming very soon. And then the next part is then I have a 10 week course um that it's one-to-one coaching you get just it goes over 10 weeks that we talk about our automatic negative thoughts talk about our attachment styles we talk about things like that so and then I have the couples coaching session so that's kind of how it ladders up that I know that's amazing there's so many resources there available to people which is great because I think like you said like people mightn't feel like they're in the extreme of needing like one-to-one or like might need to chat with someone but just kind of informing educating themselves a bit on the different areas I was um, at an event. I was at an event a few weeks ago, and somebody popped to me, and they were like, "Don't ever underestimate that free stuff you put out on Instagram." And I was like, "Okay," <laughs> and she was like, "No, literally, it has changed my relationship. Just watching that stuff you put out on Instagram has changed my relationship." So that's lovely. Oh yeah, definitely, and it's so beneficial for other people, like you said, that they can access. Like that is one of the benefits, definitely, of social media that you can kind of access people like you who have that information and can give it. You know what I mean? And it kind of, I love the informalness of it that mm-hmm. you know people can just go on their phone and like tap into it if they want, rather than needing to go out and seek it. So mm-hmm. I suppose mm-hmm. so specifically. 
But um, have you anything else you'd like to add or like discuss or that you think is of importance that I didn't touch on? Like, no, that's that that's great. No, that was that was everything. Um, obviously, you can follow me on Instagram. How did you find me? I I think do you know what? There's certain like with my um Instagram page, like Sophie's Savvy Sister. I like to follow people who I kind of. I suppose certain areas that I might be struggling in every now and again are like, I'm like, okay, there's something I'd like advice on. So I like type into Instagram and like you just come up then because you're, is it relationship coach? And I, it was only before Christmas because um, like I have a good few friends and stuff and I'm also in a relationship and things like that. And I'm like, God, it's so hard to maintain everything and keep everything going and just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, like, cause my friends and my relationship and everything, everyone's so good to me. So I'm like, you like to be able to give the same back. And I'm like, mm-hmm but I know equally people who've come to me and have been like just friends and like different people I know and like having these various issues and I was just like relationships are just so important and like they can take so much of your time in a good sense or equally Mm -hmm. in a bad sense and you can put a lot of time and effort into someone or something that's just not worth it and Mm -hmm. I think recognizing that and kind of knowing those things Mm -hmm. made a huge difference to me in my life and the others around me so I was like it'd be a great podcast to do so I just Mm -hmm. kind of typed it in then to Instagram and you popped up I often say to people, after you've spent time with somebody, think, think, have a minute and think about how you feel. How do you feel in yourself? When you've spent time with somebody, do you feel like, oh my days, I am drained. I just don't even know. Or do you feel like, oh, that was great. That was lovely. Because those relationships, the one that drain you, yeah, when people are going through a difficult patch and we have to be there for them and all that sort of thing that's great for friendship. But if that's going on for months and years and every time you're with that person, all they do is gossip about so-and-so and talk about so-and-so and you just feel like, oh my days, that was exhausting. They're the relationships that you want to put in healthy boundaries. I call those people my 20-minute people. They're still going to be in your life. Sometimes these people are family members and um, they're still going to be in your life, but you just keep them till 20 minutes and then you move on. Totally. Yeah. Because I just think, like you said, our time is precious and, you know, mm-hmm. you want to be giving it to people who are giving you that back, you know, and have mm-hmm. that mutual love and respect and kindness that you kind of touched on. It's very important, you know, and like that you had touched on earlier as well, maybe I think you had mentioned it anyways. And it was just in terms of dependency. And I had seen a lot of that as well as like, people who, who aren't necessarily like in the relationship because they want to be but nearly they feel they have to be because they're so used to having that person in their life or being around them you know and we can kind of lo- lose that sense of self I suppose when you're in a relationship for long enough and it's maintaining that soul identity along with the relationship keeping them separate um is very important in this day and age um so yeah it was just kind of a mixture of everything really I thought like I said, I like to focus on self-care and I just see relationships naturally as one of like such a big aspect of that. So, yeah. Have you any? I always like to end the podcast on just a little <coughs> positive note. Um, doesn't have to be related to relationships in mm-hmm. any sense of the word. But have you any quote you choose to live by or any kind of advice I suppose you want to pair people with or something along the lines? I always use the one when people show you who they are, believe them. Talk is cheap. When people show you who they are by their actions, believe them. 